Hello. Hello, Marilyn. Hi, Dan. How are I'm, you? I'm good. How are you? You sound very sensuous today. Thank you so much. Are you wearing something silk? We can take that offline. Okay. Okay. How are okay. you? What's going on? Let's What's keep it friendly. Um, I've been hearing so much bad about California. I'm worried. I'm worried that too, it's, it's for bad. Years. <laughs> What's happening up there? Oh, um, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, the, the nice thing is when you get enough crises, they start really, really overlapping nicely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know which one you want to start with. Uh, one result that's a big pain right now that has impacts on the other crises uh, in concentric circles is that the, the, the grid, especially the electric grid, is uh, pretty beat up right now because why? Because there's record-setting heat in much of the state that's causing people like, like where we live, it's hot, but it's not unbearable. Right. I mean, you know, it's uncomfortable. We don't have air conditioning, but other places, if it's 105, 110, you need electric or need uh, air conditioning to like survive. Yes. And so that's really stressing out the system, um, as well as the grid being affected by the massive, massive uh, wildfires. Um, and what else have you got? You've, you've got the, um, the, the COVID, you know, is, is still going on, but those fires are generating a ton of smoke, right. which is a health hazard and people who have to evacuate. Well, guess what? Now that's going to bump up against COVID. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of a mess. Los Angeles right now is kind of County zero for, mm -hmm. <laughs> for the mess. It's horrible. I don't think, I don't mean like, I think Kern County is more affected by COVID, but like LA is like hurting right now from all of those things. Um, yeah. Roderick and I were talking yesterday about the, really the sort of thing you and I have been talking about, which is this, you know, trying to like having the, the impoverished imagination to not be able to figure out what's going to happen after whatever happens next. But, you know, it's, it's, there is one thing he was talking about was this idea that like the sort of new urbanism of recent years is probably going to end up taking a hit. The idea of like moving to a city and relying on public transit and doing everything local and all that mm, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know, man. It's wild. What, what are things like uh, there? You know, it's, I know that there are protests and things that happen in downtown from time to time, but everything else other than just the annoying lockdown and the fact that people don't want to wear their masks, um, it, everything else is the same. It's, it's been no different. And we're actually, you know, in the like nineties now, which last month we were in the, the hundreds. Um, well, so better. <laughs> yes. It's better. better. It's better. Yeah. yeah. Um, forgive me for repeating this. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stop saying that someday. You know, like <laughs> when you're a little kid and you go and you sit down at like a local restaurant. Yeah. And you get that uh, police mat with a U.S. map on it. Yeah. And maybe not every state, but most of the states, you got the outline, you got the name, and then you have a, a, a graphic. So you're like Iowa equals corn and Ohio equals tire, you know, and, uh, you know, Florida, <laughs> Florida equals mugshot uh, for right, right. Fighting, a, fighting a raccoon in an alligator pit or whatever. But that, you know, so you, that's an interesting way to try and uh, illustrate the the fascinating diversity of this country and how big it is in these different areas and see the shining sea and like, 
you know, this has been celebrated in movies and song and, and propaganda and, and really, truly understandable American pride, which is what a huge and diverse uh, country this is in so many ways. But it's never been clearer, like, how impossibly diverse it is to where, like we said, like, you get into this coastline of Scotland problem. When you say stuff like open, reopen the economy, we'll reopen which economy, where, how, given what budget, you know? So, you know, if you're in, like, I was going to say rural Montana, I imagine most of Montana's rural, but, you know, if you're in somewhere, somewhere where there hasn't been any cases and nobody ever leaves town, it's probably safe to have, you know, kindergarten outside this semester. And in other places, you're like, what are you thinking? How can you know there's just this story after story about all these breakouts at universities and... I don't know. That placemat has really been amplified in some ways. That idea that like it's when it's not just corn versus tires, it's like this city block versus that city block, you know, it's micro uh, differences in some ways. Um, and, and then in the case of the reason I thought of that with what you're saying here is that, you know, uh, you look out your front window and it's mainly the same thing you've seen before. Maybe it's somebody out, you know, doing drill exercises or, or something like that. But, you know, most of the time you look outside and if you don't see disaster, you assume that like you're safe for today. But like, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. 200 and something like 250,000 cases have now been traced back to that uh, Sturgis motorcycle rally. In uh, you know, the big, the big 10 day long motorcycle rally in, uh, was it North Dakota? Something like that. I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That's North a lot Dakota. of cases, Dan. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think the nihilism will eventually become nationalized. We're getting, we're getting very <laughs> close to everybody having their own bespoke reason for being, uh, you know, a nihilist. You know, say what you will about the tenets <laughs> of national <laughs> socialism. It's an ethos. Yeah. But but Dan, let's set all that aside and let's help the nice people. It's it's Tuesday, September eighth. It's the optimistic day. And I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, it is. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic even on days that uh, that aren't um, Tuesdays. Hmm. Really? I mean, it doesn't I'm, seem like your. Uh, it doesn't seem like your tempo. No, but I'm, I mean, I'm t- usually you would have to coax me into it, you know, and I would have to just sort of let let it happen. But now I'm I'm trying to do it on my own. I got a, I got a, a heavy bag, which has been wonderful. I'm, I um, haven't used one of those in a long time, and that's been. Absolutely. Wait, wait, say, I'm great. sorry, I missed part of that sentence. You you got a heavy bag? <laughs> heavy bag for um which I guess, you know, for people, uh lay people, you would call it a punching bag. But uh, it's one of those Captain America bags. Yeah, yeah, right. And it um the the good ones, the expensive ones, hang usually are mounted and hang from the ceiling, but um I couldn't do that in the garage. So I had to get one that sort of has a weighted base. And uh-huh, I know uh-huh. people are going to ask about which one, so I'll put it in, I'll find it, and I'll put it in the show. <laughs> will they? <laughs> they will, they do, because I, uh, ask, I yeah. posted about it on, on Instagram, and people uh, were very, very uh, interested in what it was and what brand it was and everything else. And so I actually, you know, like, I have to do, I researched a lot and uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and found, you know, a couple good ones and finally, you know, got one, and it's it's... It's been great, and working out on those things is something I really miss. I haven't done it in forever, and my boy really likes doing it too. And um, it's great because it, you know, it's so hard to kind of 
change your game up if you're just stuck at home all the time. And I don't know about other people who've been going to a gym, but I've, I've been in a gym at least three times a week, every week for years and not going is horrible uh, for me, horrible. Hmm. And so this is, you know, it's hard to, you know, it's an investment to get good gym equipment. And I guess that's why people. it's It's very difficult to get these days I hear. It really is. And everyone wants it and everything's sold out and you, you're dealing with used stuff, which is fine. Used stuff is fine. But like most people don't have the space. You know, I used to go to the right. gym and right. I'd say, I just, you know, like I should just set up my own gym at home. But that's like not an option for me and not an option for a lot of people. Like you need a mm-hmm. lot of space for that. And do you really want to have that crap in your garage and then you can't put your car in there? And then what about when it is a hundred degrees out? Do you really want to be working out in that? Those are CrossFit. But you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been perhaps too cynical about that and the whole, like, you know, I got to get to the gym thing, but you know, I mean, like my, uh, my wife runs every day mm-hmm. and I think that is very, I think I can say with some confidence, that's very important to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much every aspect of that. I mean, the getting outside, the having some time to herself for once. Um, and of course the, the health benefits of that and, all of that stuff is not to be uh, completely rejected. Even though you're somebody like me who's very soft, I have not been to a gym th- three times ever. Um, but it's 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 very difficult. It's difficult to to create the same environment that with which you found success in that before. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's we can't keep recreating every world that doesn't exist. It normally exists outside our house. It's not going to make sense. I mean, if you miss coffee enough, what are you going to do? Like Starbucks, are you going to get like a $1,500 espresso machine? Right. That's not going to scale for everything. I'll tell you the other thing, this is off topic, but not, is that I'm I'm increasingly, I've become more um, skeptical, cynical about Amazon star ratings. Because you go in and you want to get a kind of thing. And I, I realize we've talked about this before, but but this is I'm really really noticing this phenomenon now. There's something where like if it's something that's way out of my depth and it's not something that's easy to find on recommendation uh, sites, which recommendation sites I often disagree with anyway. Mm-hmm. For example, I I've wanted to have in my uh, private office. Uh, this is going to sound odd, but not a standing desk exactly, but just a a, a movable surface area at a certain height because sometimes I like to do things standing up sometimes let's say we need to open a box or break down a box or do something with a box I don't want to get on the floor to do that I don't have a huge amount of extra space for stuff like that so I went in and I searched for the first thing that came to mind like a rolling table or mobile desk or something like that and they first of all they all looked really weird they all had something weird about them. But then I would say, okay, well, just show me the ones that are available by Prime, you know, winnow this down, just show me the ones like, uh, you know, the the, the, the sucker sort mm-hmm. <laughs> title. I go to the sucker sort and I say sort by average customer review. And so now what do I do? I say, huh, four and a half stars seems like a lot of stars for that. Grab the URL, go to uh, review meta, drop it in. And like, it's amazing how many items are like a full star or less lower once you adjust for anomalies in the sorts of reviews. And so as we discussed before, there are these sites like, I think it's, yeah, Review Meta, which is my favorite, 
<clears throat> or they're using some kind of an algorithm that they update over time to go through and find patterns that look suspicious. That could be patterns about this particular item. It could be about this brand. Most of the time, it's patterns about the reviewers themselves and the reviews that they leave. Do they tend to leave a, uh, is this, does this person do a lot of like one-off things in this area? Did they do a ton for this one company? All that kind of stuff. But long story short, I feel more perplexed than ever about those kinds of buying decisions. I mean, assuming it's what it says it is, assuming that this Apple cable is actually an Apple cable, which it often is not. Right. I don't know if I found nowadays as we have to rely more on more, more and more on our shopping being done by others, whether we like it or not. I think it's more perplexing than ever. I, I don't know where I'd begin to find out what a good punching bag is. How do you start a journey like that? I mean, I think it has to come from figuring out what your, because like for me, if we, if we roll back in time talking about the, like the gym thing, like I never went to the gym because I wanted to look good or anything like that. It was because I had <laughs> I wanted this, to be healthy. I or... want to be in shape now. No, it was like, I just, <laughs> I, I, my back was so screwed up. I was in pain all the time and I was spending yeah. three to five days, three to seven days a month, basically in bed with ice. And I was bringing ice to bed every night to lay on it. It was, I, I was in, I couldn't, you know, like I've told this story too many times, but I, like I couldn't pick up my kids, let alone my keys. If I dropped them on the ground without kind of like using every piece of furniture to work my way down and back up and And totally screwing up your body by like relying too heavily on the wrong muscles to do the wrong. Correct. And I, what really the turning point for me was it was WWDC and I had flown there and I already knew like in order to fly, in order to be sitting for more than 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. I would get these little, uh, like ice pack things that they sell at, uh, Walgreens, uh, and, or Eckert's where you are. And (laughs) they, uh, they would, uh, basically it's like, you know, the little things you have at Halloween, the little glow sticks and you crack them. It was like, like that, like you crack these, these were supposed to be used, I guess, for like emergencies when like on the side of the field and first aid. And, and so I would get these and I would get, you know, I need two or three of those to get through a flight. And so I, you know, flew up there and just from being, doing things a normal person would do in the process of, you know, flying from Austin to San Francisco and walking around and checking into a hotel, like that was enough to screw up my back to the point that I remember it was Jim, Jim Dalrymple was having his beer bash, beard bash thing that he does or did. And, uh, you know, I, I remember like it, that was that evening and my back was in so much pain. It was going into spasm. I was having like incredibly painful sciatic pain. I couldn't go to that. I couldn't do anything. And I wound up oh, being sucks. stuck in this stupid hotel for like a day and a half, not even able to get around because it was so bad. And at that point, I'm like, there has to be something else that I can do. And that's what eventually put me on the path that led me to, you know, led me through like physical therapy eventually into, um, into actually being able to like move around and, and function as a person. And then eventually that led to rehabil rehab, I guess. And then eventually actually being able to work out. And I had never anticipated that I would enjoy it. And I mean, I mm-hmm. hated it most of the time, but I also liked it. I, I bet, especially at first, it must've been very difficult. Well, you know, like basic stuff. I couldn't do basic stuff. Like I couldn't do sit-ups because my core muscles mm-hmm. were so screwed up. My back was so screwed up. So I would have to use one of those TheraBands to like pull yourself. So I was doing these like assisted sit-ups 
And, you know, flash forward to like a year after that, I was competing in a deadlift competition, competition, little, little me competing, you know, deadlifting 250 pounds. Like I never would have imagined Mm -hmm. that, but you know, I definitely took it to, to a different level, but then I kind of calmed that down and just went into more of a, of just a a maintenance and and staying in, in condition kind of mode, because for me, it's not like, it's not optional. And that's the Mm -hmm. way that I really, that was the big thing for me, because until that point in my life, any kind of exercise whether it was jogging or biking or whatever, it was like for fun and maybe I want to lose a little weight or I want to look a little bit better. And this became a health issue. This was a health matter for me. This was about, Mm -hmm. you know, about not having pain and being able to function normally in the world. Um. Yeah, it's, there's a there's a funny kind of abstraction. <laughs> I like this that, thing that you well, said. Oh yeah, so so what I just I thought I saw this this morning and, and thought of you. This is a very popular thing that going was on, me. on Twitter right now. It's a picture of an of an office chair and um, nominally sitting in the office chair. Although this is probably the laziest bit of Photoshop I've ever seen. It's still very funny. Someone has taken a, a very a, a, a blown up a shrimp and put it in the chair. It looks like it's sitting in the chair, and you know the shape of a shrimp and what a shrimp looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> "Quote: My back hurts all the time for no reason." Unquote. How I sit every day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way. And like somebody responding said, everybody's doing exactly the same, like catching yourself stretch right now to avoid looking like a shrimp in a chair, la la la. Yes. But but this is part of the abstraction part. And this is, again, the, the suckiness of, of being a grown up is these abstractions one has to accept. And so you, I think, very ably explain why it is that you've, you know, gone to the gym. Well, you go to the gym because you don't want your back to hurt and right. have it impact your life. Like the I upside mean, is I can... I can, when we order a mattress, I can push it up the stairs by myself. No problem. Or when, when I have to move offices, I can load everything mm-hmm. into my it own looks truck. Like Kim Moose said, one must, must imagine Dan Benjamin happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's right. But you know, like I couldn't do any of that stuff before. And, um, and, and so that's nice. And like, I'm not going to complain that I look better. That's great too. But that's not my motivation. My motivation is I don't want to end up, you know, in a, basically in, in, in bed for days out of every month in pain like that. No one wants that. Yeah. But that's why I say the abstraction part is that right. like, uh, here's, here's a really obvious one. Like, Hey, how would you feel about, uh, about getting in a car right now and going somewhere to spend 200 bucks? And you'd be like, Ugh, I don't really want to do that. Like the, what, what, what would I be doing? Like, well, you know, just, are you going to do that? Well, then what if I say, well, that's to like go to the store, go to like Whole Foods to get, stuff for Thanksgiving that you're really excited to be having with your friends and family, Mm -hmm. right? It's that, that's only slightly more abstract than the going to a gym thing. The going to to a gym thing, like that old, you know, that old story about like people, people, uh, people don't buy drills. The reason people buy drills is because they want to be happy. They buy a drill because they need to put a hole in the wall to hang up a painting because a painting makes them happy. Right. And I think that's, that's another case of that here, which is if we just look at it on the face, it's like, oh, my, uh, my aching back, I don't want to get out of bed and go to the gym this morning. But like, if I, if I want to take care of this, I'm going to have to like, in with little teaspoons, be able to like address that. So I, I salute you and I salute this handsome bag you bought. It's uh, I, it's not what I expected. This is cool. It's very, it's very tall. It looks like a cylindrical man. <laughs> yes. It's, um, it is tall. It's you know, about, you know, six feet, uh, maybe. Um, but what it's. What kind of, what kind of work does he uh, do? 
He's a very slender man. <laughs> He's very slender. I can see why you like this bag. It's so a good this bag. one, it moves. It moves. What you can't see from the picture without it. Um, I have a video I could send you, but um, it it basically it it will kind of move in response to being punched, or I guess some people are are doing kickboxing stuff to it, like kneeing it, elbow, you know, mm. elbow, elbowing it, but it does move and the way the base is weighted. And so it doesn't slide around. It stays mm. put really well, but it's got, you know, it's got a nice rebound to it. Um, and, uh, you know, it makes a huge difference because if you're, if I learned boxing when I was maybe 11 or 12 years old, and it's not something that I ever stuck with, but some of the lessons that I learned from, um, my boxing coach kind of really stuck with me. I never like boxed in a ring or anything, but I learned how to do mm -hmm. it. I learned the stance and stuff. And, and so of course there's millions of YouTube videos that helped me remember what to do. Uh, but it's really like, it's absolutely shocking how 15 minutes on that bag, like you're completely drenched and you're just... I couldn't do 15 minutes. I, I don't think I could do two minutes if, of that doing that the whole time. That's, just, that's wild. You know, I split it up. So I'll do like four minutes, three to four minutes and then take a minute break. And then, and I've got a, a timer. I use an app called Seconds, which is what I also use for my rowing to do hit timers. I'll find, uh, I'll find this. Uh, app. I'm just making note to find it, put in the show notes, but it's, it's a great app that allows you to break up, not just, I mean, I use it for workouts, but it doesn't, there's no reason that it has to be for workouts. You could use it for anything that needs time, time things or intervals. And it shows kind of like a little countdown. It'll show a timer. It'll show all different, um, all different things. I'll, I'll actually, I'll send, I'll, maybe I'll send and that's, it. So that's different from a lap counter that would you call that a circuit? What would yeah, you call that? this is more like circuit t stuff as opposed to just laps. Although I suppose you probably could use it for laps too, because it's completely customizable. But you, but you don't have to interact with it for it to work. Correct. You just hit, you, cool. you set it up. So like the one that I just sent you shows, um, it shows the intervals. So I'm going to do eight intervals. This is for rowing. It'll show you how much time oh, interval. Remains. That's the word I was looking for. Interval, interval training. training. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so like hit workout stands, what is hit? stand for a uh, hit stands for um high intensity, high intensity interval training training yeah so this is good for that but basically this one gives you a warm-up and then it'll show you the um like the high intensity and low intensity and the timers associated with that it's fully customizable so you can you can basically build in things with intervals so it would work for if you were doing yoga and you might want to hold up you know get into a position and then hold it for 30 seconds and then switch. It could do this that for you. This would be good for my uh, impotent rage. It would be nice to have a way to go <laughs> just relax for to, 30 seconds and then to, come back and hit it real hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely. So there is a free version of the app, uh, but I wound up upgrading because you can do more, obviously, if you're, mm -hmm. if you upgrade to it. That's how they get you. That's, that's how, they how, how they get you. Yeah, that's right. So well, it's funny you should say that because I have to return to an old segment. I try to keep this in the back of my mind mm. for when stuff comes along. And then some weeks are more interesting than others. Uh, I want to bring back uh, an old segment of ours called A Cool Thing I Learned This Week. Ah. Uh, to just talk about a handful of things that um, are either new to me or maybe new to you that uh, I think are good for uh, life, especially life on a Mac. Okay. Which, which we, I, I believe, both love still. Mm -hmm. Um, but perhaps we should start with, uh, you tell me about something you like. I would love to tell you all about, let me get that window. 
Gotta get the win. There it is. Eero. 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 Eero, my hero, how wonderful you are. The nice thing about Eero is that it's so easy to use. Well, let me tell you what it is first before I tell you how easy it is to use. Eero is the best, most modern kind of Wi-Fi that you're going to find. And it will completely revolutionize and change up the way that you deal and with and manage Wi-Fi in your house, making it so much easier to use. Because you know what? Our houses now, they're not just our houses, right? There are offices, there are schools, there are movie theaters, there are restaurants, there are everything. And all of this activity, I think no in history, I don't think we've ever had so many people at home using a ton of bandwidth. I've got both kids on Zoom all day long, you know, <laughs> yeah. plus the Netflix, plus the the gaming, plus the stuff that I do on the internet with, you know, whether I'm watching Netflix or whether I'm just doing massive downloads because I'm building Fireside or whatever. Like we've never used so much bandwidth in our house ever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's not good enough if you just have strong Wi-Fi in the room where your Wi-Fi router is, you need this in all the different rooms of your house, you know, because after she's done with school, my daughter's going to go up into her room and she's going to play Minecraft and my son's going to be down, you know, watching Netflix. Like you need good, fast Wi-Fi in every room. You know, you can't have dropouts on your patio. You can't have it only work in one room. And that's the way that Eero works. They make it so that (laughs) You Dan, can, Dan, Dan, you're going to hear about it. You're the IT director at, right? at your house, I'm guessing, until yes. your son or daughter takes over. I'm the same thing in my house. I'm, there's all kinds of things where if this doesn't work right, I'm going to hear about it. Yes. And, and Eero makes it so you never have to hear about it. I love that. They can, you know what? We should give them that. They can have that. They can just have that. They it's can have fine. That. And this is the way Eero works. You plug it into your modem, boom, you're done. There is this amazing app. You can do so many cool things with it. Like, for example, if you can't get your kids off their devices during dinner, <laughs> you can pause it during dinner. You can get to, you can get alerts if another device tries to join your network. I, I love, I love that. So you know what they cool. should do? They should hear the, you know what? In exchange for that great new jingle, they oh, here's the feature I want them to add. Okay, I want them to add a slider for each of the call profiles where you can go in and say like. This person is associated with these devices and operates under the following conditions. Mm-hmm. And it, I wish they had a slider that wasn't just off. I wish they had a slider for after 8 p.m. All the kids' devices become unusably slow over like half an hour. <laughs> until they give, it forces them to give up and quit. Well, until they just go like, oh, I guess I'll go to sleep. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That that app, you know you know me, Dan. You know how I feel about the Euro app. Uh, it helped me solve a first world problem this week that was uh, uh it was a little thorny because you know i got a lot of uh internet of things 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 uh, in, in the house and, and long story short a device was giving me some trouble it appeared to be uh, working okay inside of its vendor app um but then i was trying to basically troubleshoot like these four of these kinds of things let's make sure they all work and are identified correctly one of the things i love is that you can block a device now normally that means what in the heck is this thing on my network? I don't even recognize this. Uh, that's odd. I'm going to block it. The, the other great use just for, this is probably not canonical or officially something you should do, but if I'm having trouble with like an array of devices or I, or I need to identify which de- device something is, I block it and then interact with it like oh, it normally would. that's smart. And if it doesn't work, uh, I know that's the one that just got blocked. It makes it really, really easy to, to fix stuff like that runs a speed test for you every day to make sure everything's working the way it's supposed to. 
makes it real easy. You know, I'm a Cloudflare, Cloudflare uh, DNS man, as mm-hmm. we talked about. Mm-hmm. Very easy to just go in and change that right in the app. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful system. Hardware, software, you know, kit and caboodle, as they say. Kit and caboodle. So kitten here's caboodle. what people need to do. They need to go. Oh, you know, if it was kitten, like a cat, kitten caboodle, kitten caboodle. would be a good pole dancer name. <laughs> I, li- I like it. They so, have that too. This is the uh, this is the thing that our listeners need to do. They need to go to Eero, which is spelled E E R O. Eero dot com slash back to work and enter the code back to work at checkout. They will get free next day shipping, but their order pretty cool. So Eero E E R O Eero dot com slash back to work. The code is back to work at checkout. You get it delivered with next day shipping uh, if you use that promo code back to work. And uh, and they have different packages that you can get depending on like the size of your house and things like that. And then the app kind of walks you through like. Okay, you should as you're walking through that. It's like okay, put one of the little, the little, uh, little boxes here and do the thing here. It's so cool. It's mm-hmm. super easy to do it. Thanks very much, Dero, for making the show possible. Thanks, Dero. Buck buck. <clears throat> so can I uh, can I run through a few of these uh, probably blindingly obvious things that everybody else knows about? But uh, if you'll allow it, yeah, can I do some of these. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing called text sniper that I just learned about this week. <laughs> Text Sniper. Mm-hmm. Now, before I tell you what Text Sniper does and why it's great, I want to tell you a sad story about an old man. The sad story about an old man is, is, is a person who has worn glasses, mostly for driving and seeing signs at the grocery store. But let's be honest, increasingly just cannot read tiny print. I went to make a recipe on the back of something last night. My wife and I found ourselves saying it's unconscionable that they print the directions so small. Yes. Which is the kind of thing my grandmother would say after she wrecked her car. Or the stop sign was too small or whatever. But it's, it's absolutely true. If I want to cook anything, I need to put on glasses. If I want to uh, get all the information uh, from the little sticker on, the, on, the, on a device, that those tiny little things, you know, MAC address, right? MAC address, serial number, uh, model number, all that stuff. It's, it can be very difficult. Now, now a good trick here is uh, there's that uh, accessibility thing you can do on a phone where you can uh, have a bunch of stuff that uh, works with triple click. My triple click is this amazing thing. It's considered an accessibility feature, which fair enough, but it's good for everybody. If there's something very, very tiny, you, you, in my case, and you, you, your mileage may vary, you have to set your own shortcut for this. But when I triple click on the side thing, um, it pulls up an oddly steady and oddly zoomed in camera. Some of you folks know about this. Some of you will be happy to learn about this. You point it at the thing with the tiny print or the tiny one. Oh, yes, yes. I've used this. This is so cool. And uh, I like to take a photo of that. And I'll tell you why in a second. Now, if you just need... Now, the, uh, the irony of this is not lost on me. The irony of this is if you have a little wall wart USB-A adapter dingus and you want to see if it's the, uh, the slow one or the really slow one or the pretty fast one, you have... I would like any of you out there with your eyes, and don't tell me if this is easy for you because it'll make me sad, but if you unplug a thing from the wall and with, with a little tine stick out and you look at it, mm-hmm. it's the most impossibly low contrast, tiny text I've seen in my life. It's basically EEE on CCC. It's very, if we're going to hex this, it's very difficult to read. So what do you do? You take a photo of that thing. And in my case, I was looking for some, um, I had to fix something on my Segway that wasn't working the way I wanted. And I wanted to make sure I've got all the exact information. I take a photo 
with that zoomed in thing. And that brings us to Text Sniper. Oh my God, this thing is such a great idea. It's a Mac app that you get. And you it lives up in your menu bar mostly. It has a key command. But let you, let's say now I pull up that photo with the Mac address, with the serial number, with the model number. I pull up that photo on my Mac. I, uh, I initiate a text sniper, which looks like the typical little dimensional drag bullseye. Mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. if you're doing like a command shift four or whatever you use for like, you know, selecting an area of a screenshot. Right. Except in this case, I'm going to do that right over the area where the text in that photo is. And guess what? It instantly recognizes OCRs, that text, and puts it into the clipboard. Where has this been my whole life, Merlin? This is so cool. Back in your previous lives doing IT stuff, all the time. So like how many, I mean, so how many, many times, times ha- you're sitting there ty- transcribing the number how from many times one window my to kid another. Hold with her good eyes, read something to me slowly while I type it into drafts. But I'll, I'll tell you, so another, another tip inside the tip, once you get, whoa, once you get that cool information, go, wherever you like to store bits of information, that could be MVL, could be drafts, could be notes, wherever, start a new file for that thing you use a lot or thing you, you need to know about a lot. This could, this is also a great use for uh, one password. But after you've copied that information out, put it somewhere because you'll probably need it again. And it, I don't know, that's just the, the kind of nerdy thing I would do. But it's not a clever idea. It's, it's in show notes uh, so people can go see uh, what it looks like. What do you think of that? I mean, I'm watching and just all people need to do is just go to the this in the show notes. And, and they're like three second little video of it shows it. That's it the whole thing. Unbelievable. Where has this been? At, because it's, I mean, it's, it's wow. OCR. I, I used to have to do OCR. I used to have to like scan depositions and stuff. I did tons of OCR at my old job. That's nothing new. There's pretty good OCR on iOS at this point. But this is the missing tool for me in terms of like dealing with a photograph. There's so many cool apps that do stuff with a digital photograph. That For, for stuff like this, like Text Sniper, there's, there's a really cool... Uh, I believe it still exists. Who knows with Google? But for a while, there was this great app on iOS by Google. I could try to find it for notes. Where, like, let's say you've got a fo- like an actual real photograph of something, right? So what's the, there's there's a couple problems here. One of the problems is like if you take a photo of a photo, well, yeah, I mean, obviously it's not going to be as good as the original, probably. But you're also going to have weird reflection, which I hate. I wish there was an easy way to move reflection from photos without having to like get into a premium app. But you also want to avoid distortion, right? So you put down a photo, an old photo, well, it's probably going to be slightly curled up one way or another, Mm -hmm. right? But you take a photo with this, you identify where the corners are, and it uses some kind of secret sauce or Disney magic to make it look, (laughs) to fix the distortion and like the little imperfections of that kind of stuff and turn it into a regular like rectangular photograph. So, I mean, it's, what what a crazy time. Pounce sign blast. <laughs> I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to find that for show notes, uh, but maybe you could tell people where, where would people find uh, show notes for episode 494 of your Back to Work program. Oh, of course. They're going to go to uh, backtowork.limo slash 494, and that will take care of all of their needs right there. And I did. I found it, and it's techsniper.app is the domain name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, apparently they have a get it now link on there where it's $7.99, but in the app store, it's $9.99. So choose, choose, pick your poison, mm-hmm. but that's worth it for me. It's worth it. It's worth it for me. For Like I said, Hashtag I throw that stuff it. in. 
What's that? Hashtag worth it. Today's a great day for hashtags. It's, it's oh, Star I, Trek Day. I have Star some... Trek Day, and there's so many good little cute images. My kid was showing me this morning all the cute little images for uh, using different hashtags. It's it's a very cute day on Twitter. Cute. That's a that's a nice change. <laughs> you know. So I have a little tiny little Spock and get a tiny little Jordy with his little banana comb um, <laughs> glasses on. I have some follow up. Um, remember, I was talking about the there's there's two things that I have done that there's are always two things with you screen related relating to this MacBook Pro, and oh, I wanted yeah, to yeah, share of course. them. I, I wasn't going to bring it up again. I figured you you'd fixed it. You you had no, a problem no. with your screen being jumpy, a jumpy screen. Right. So it, it kind of jumps from left to right periodically. There's no, no, nothing clear to cause it. So if you remember, I discussed this on the show at least once, if not twice. And I, I just, I, I can't say, I can't say too much, but I can tell you that I was contacted by an, an entity and the, the entity, the being said that this is something that is known about. It is and known. that it, it is it is not a hardware issue. It is a driver issue, and I was instructed to perform certain tasks on mm. my MacBook Pro. There is a tool that I didn't know existed that I suspect most people don't know exists. That's called Sys Diagnose. Hmm. That um, Sys Diagnose. That I, I think if I'm I'm you know what I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look this up because there is the way that you run this is absolutely crazy. If, if you want, you can do it in the command line by typing uh, sudo sysdiagnose, or you can use the following keyboard shortcut control plus option plus command plus shift plus dot period. And that will trigger a flash on your screen and it will generate this report. And apparently the report that it generates is like every single thing about your system way beyond what Whoa. you could get from a system report. It's just like an instant verbose log. Yeah. I, yeah it's in the, to give you an idea, it creates a, a, a gzip tar file. Mm -hmm. Mine after it ran was 297 megabytes. So whatever and it it's, is, and it's all just, it's just text. I don't know what it is. I don't look at it. It just the zip file. You upload the zip file when you're sending the, the, the ticket to Apple so I was instructed by the entity to create this ticket and that they would look into it for me. Hmm. And, um, and so too bad you couldn't talk to somebody at Apple. Cause that'd be really handy. I know it would have been wonderful if they Whoever had you, you reached spoke out to directly. obviously knows something about computers. It mm -hmm. sounds like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I have submitted that and, um, and I'm waiting for a fix for it, but apparently it's a known thing. So I, I it's an, and it's not hardware. It's so not that hardware, means it's known. There, yes, apparently it's not hard. So there's that. And then the second thing that I did is, as as you know, Merlin, I'm going to promote promote my channel a little bit. I have a YouTube channel. Promote your channel, Dan. Teaching people about Dan's podcasting. <laughs> it's, we call it a Danil. No, a da the Dan on the Danil. I got nothing. And, uh, and so I've been making these videos to help people uh, podcast, learn about podcasting and other things related to audio and thing, eventually I'll do some video stuff too. And one of the things that I do in some of the videos is I capture the screen because I might be teaching someone how to do something in, you know, in logic. And today I'm, I'm going to be working on an audio hijack video. And so you need to capture the screen. And so mm -hmm. the, the, the default uh, aspect ratio 
on a MacBook Pro and on on all Apple laptops is 16 by 10. But the hmm. the aspect ratio that you want for a video, of course, as everyone knows, is 16 by 9. That's the standard widescreen format for a TV and for most things. And in fact, if you have a monitor, an external monitor, most monitors, not all, most these days are, are going to be 16 by 9. So what's the big deal? Well, if you capture something in 16 by 10, that means it's taller than it, it it's taller than it should be for that. And so you're going to have black bars or you're going to have to zoom it. And if you zoom it, mm-hmm. then you're missing some of the screen. And, and that's, that's amateur stuff. Yeah, it's like John Syracuse that says, I paid for all those pixels. <laughs> that's yes, that's, that's exactly you know, don't, it. You don't, don't give me some kind of crazy uh, overrun, overscan idea of how this should work. You give me my pixels. Right. And I want all the pixels, give them all to me and give them, give them to the viewers. And so Please basically and yes. what happens is, uh, is I was having to make the video using, while it was connected to my external monitor to get the correct ratio, but that's not where my like recording equipment is. So I was having to like basically record it with a crap microphone built into the screen and then transcribe it and re-record the audio for those segments on the good mic. And that was a huge waste of time because I, there was no way, although you can change your resolution on the MacBook pro, you can't have force it to change aspect ratios. And so the same being who had contacted me about this, I asked them about this situation. They said, oh, no, there's hundreds of different screen resolutions, frame oh, rates, and, and a, aspect like, is ratios. This, is this the old trick where you use, the, uh, use like an option key or something and you get tons more options than you realized were there you know, I, under the menu? I wish that was how easy it was. But no, the answer is no, that won't get it for you either. Um, so hmm. there is, uh, there is a utility though, and this is where we get into the super geeky command line stuff. So if you're not a command line person, this is not for you, but yeah, in the command show line notes, or go home, command line or go home. There is an <laughs> app called, uh, a, a command line application called display placer, and that will allow you to configure pretty much any resolution or arrangement or, or, um, refresh rate or whatever that you could possibly want to do. And you run, you install it. I used Homebrew to install it. There's instructions on the page that's in the show notes. But if you just run that, and it's a display placer list, space list, it will show you all of these different resolutions and refresh rates and aspect ratios that your screen is capable of doing that are absolutely completely hidden in the Apple preference window that you will never, ever, ever find. But this is incredibly useful for so many different purposes. I can't even imagine what people might want to do with this besides what I'm doing with it, which is just setting, setting it. But you can also do something like set the, the Hertz or the refresh rate. That's, and so, the, uh, that's what makes, I think that's why the trick used to exist is because yes. it's not only that there are all these different possible resolutions for like, in my case, uh, a MacBook back in the day, or a power book, but also that like, is it going to be 60 Hertz? Is it going to be like, what's it going to, yeah, that, that's a lot of options. Yes, it really is. And, um, and so this captures that it displays it and then you can, uh, you can com- customize it, but this is where it gets kind of cool. So not only can, like I mentioned, you can also set the, the Hertz, which I think defaults to 60, but 60 is not what most people want for their videos because most people are exporting the videos at uh, at 24 uh, P. So basically what you wind up with is a mismatch. So you can have what's called judder 
happening. And I'm just learning about this stuff. I don't, I don't know much about it, but apparently, you know, if you're, if your uh, if your video is at sixty, then you want it to be sixty. If it's at thirty, then you can do that. But anyway, it, this allows me to set it to be forty eight, which is double the twenty four that I'm exporting at. It, this is, is details. Jutter Jutter is like jitter. Or, I mean, it's something where like is it like I remember? I think it was even before the album came out. Stuart Copeland talking about synchronicity mm. and that idea that like when you're playing a beat against another beat, every you know there will be an overlap where the beats hit at the same time. Oh right, and those those multi are uh, uh, not poly polyrhythmic kind of situation. Is it mm -hmm. like that? Is it because they don't agree or they're not a multiple of each other? Yes, that's correct. They're not multiples of each other. So this is Judder is like when you, you see some kind it's of- It's basically like Stuart, Stuart, uh, Stuart Copeland's rack toms. Exactly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you will know synchronicity, you know? That's, that's, that's right. That's what Sting said anyway. You will know. Bad album. Really overrated <laughs> album. No, stop. It's so, a really overrated album. It's Ghost not. The it's the, like one of the best albums of all time. Save You're, it for the show, Ghost of the Machine. Ghost of the right. Machine's in Yada and Dada, you know, I'm just saying. We're spirits in the material world, you know what I'm saying? Don't stand so close to me. <laughs> so this is in the show you notes know? for people who want to try using it. But here's the cool part. Shame That's not the cool part. The ah, cool part ah. is that I made my first, I have never made any automator action ever. I've never done it. I've never really? done it. That's, that's very surprising. Isn't to it me. weird? And I did like the last time I made a service was probably in like, like the early 2000s. <laughs> my poor, my poor services. They're like world war two vets. It's like just <laughs> so, so few have survived the culling over the years. And I, now I keep constantly getting the pop up. This is a legacy extension. This will not work anymore. Oh man. A service. There used to be a great member. Was it Gruber? No, somebody, somebody made that great rapper where you could take like a Pearl script. I remember that. Service. I remember that. That was so cool. Well, now yeah. with Automator, it's super easy to make a service. And so I, I made a service and all it does is execute this shell script, this shell command, not even a script, just the, the one that sets. So I now have two of them in my menu bar and under services. And one of them says, set it to be 16 by nine resolution at 48 Hertz. And then the other one says, uh, return it to standard resolution and aspect ratio ratio and 60 Hertz again. So when I'm ready to go and record something, I just hit the little services. Boom. I've got a widescreen, uh, screen essentially, which has black bars in the top and the bottom, but screen recording software doesn't see those black bars. It just records it at the resolution and aspect ratio that you've set. So there's no cropping, there's nothing. And you get this beautiful non juddery, uh, <laughs> thing all from a little, so it's just, it felt like there was some, as you say, synchronicity happening there. And um, I doubt there's many people listening to this who are actually going to do it. But my takeaway from this is I really think services and automator is way cool. And I didn't realize it, what I've been it missing. Helps to know what the, it helps to know what you can do. Right. And that it can be done. Because if you are, I have, I'm exactly this sort of person where sometimes I have an itch to scratch. And I really want an easy way to do this. And that's, I think that that could be, that's such a great power user thing is to have that all, you know, in your hands. That's, that's cool. I, I want to mention one I learned about from Jason Snell. This is, this is so good. First of all, good for you. What you just said definitely uh, counts as a cool thing you learned this week. One I learned about a while back from Jason Snell. And I, this, this will either probably seem completely unnecessary or a bit of a godsend. And it's an app called, uh, what's, what's a, it's called Service Station. I don't, it's, I'm reluctant to call it an app, but 
A service station is this thing that allows you to basically identify certain kinds, types of content in certain places where, you know, if you right click on it, it's going to give you an option to do something with that immediately. Like you could, for example, let's say you've wrapped that, uh, that bash command or that shell script. Mm -hmm. Um, you could, for example, right click and without even having to go to open with, or without having to go to the services sub menu, you can see this at service station dot menu. It just lets you say like, okay, for example, like I always want acorn to be the app that I open stuff with unless it's not, but it's really cool to say like in this folder, like th make these kinds of things available, but not these other kinds of things. If you're the kind of person that does a lot with services or you're picky about what apps do which where, I mean, for example, if there's something that's inside, um, I don't know, like a project you've opened in Nova uh, or TextMate or whatever your IDE or, you know, app is, you're going to want dot you know, or text files to open in a different way than you might want over in the file or in the folder where you keep all your reference text files. You know what I mean? Yes. It's neat to have the ability to, if that's something you do over and over and over again, why not find a way to make it easier and potentially automate it? Good for you. I'm proud of you. Taking a, a note from your book. Take my note. Um, some of these are, uh, how are we doing on time? We got a little more time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two more things relating to clipboard stuff. I love, I love launch bar, man. I just, it, it does it all. It's, it's so great. And, uh, you know, so like, it, I think anybody with half a brain, um, has some way to manage their clipboard for things that, you know, if you want to be able to find something like what I'm doing, putting together Roderick on the line, I have the need to, uh, the, the line that says episode number and title, uh, the line that says the problem colon, uh, the URL, where that's going to live, I'm going to need to use those and deploy them in multiple places. Right. At different times, not always in the same order. And so I frequently go to my clipboard history to do that. And it's the clipboard history in um, LaunchBar. And that's, it's really terrific. Very easy to do. Um, and so, like, I really do entrust a lot of my life to LaunchBar mm -hmm. these days. One that I love is, I finally learned that this has a name, which is called Clip Merge. Um, and so for example, like, let's say, okay, here's one. Let's say you have, um, you've got the two different uh, IP addresses for your DNS that you want to get into the clipboard, or let's say you want to track some stuff on the USPS site and you have more than one item. So you go to wherever that thing is. And this, let's say you're on a web page, you select and you hit, you know, uh, command C and then you select another thing and you hit command CC. You go to another thing, command CC. Mm. And basically, as long as you keep doing that, it keeps adding that to a notional stack where each one of those items that you copied is on a separate line that you can then paste into wherever you want to go. And I find, I find that so useful, and I find myself using it so much of the time. Now, if it's more beneficial for you to have that if you're planning ahead, because if you, 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 uh, you know what the task is, you might want those as separate items right. in your clipboard history. But if you just want to get a bunch of stuff uh, potentially like non-contiguous stuff. That's such a fast way to get a bunch of stuff from here to there. Clip merge, a feature inside of LaunchBar. Right. And related to that, this is going to be one of those, uh, I can't, this is one of those, I can't, if I, if I knew this, I've forgotten it probably three times. I don't know where I learned this this week, but 
I guess I didn't know or didn't remember. Did you know that you can select and copy non-contiguous text on a Mac by using command when you double click? No. Um, like where's a place that I can use this? It doesn't work everywhere. Um, yeah. Okay. So for example, I'm in my, uh, I'm in NV ultra right now. So just goes, go somewhere where you can edit some text, probably ideally a text editor. Okay. Sorry, that sounded so stupid. No, no, I, I'm in there. Go I'm somewhere there. where you can edit text, ideally a text editor. So are you, are you in somewhere? I am. So just double click on a word. Okay, done. Go somewhere else in the document and command double click on a word. <gasps> that is amazing. I didn't know that. How did I not know you can do that? That's amazing. How did I? I and I'm the guy that's always telling people to learn all the commands. Right. How did I not know that? That's what? insane. This is bonkers. Black magic is what it is. Bonkers. So so anyway, um, that I think I have something. I might have put something about that in notes, but it doesn't work everywhere. I believe it works in pages. It works in text edit, I believe. But yeah, so basically just the first thing you select, you know, you select like you normally would, command or drag. And um, and then I guess, can you do it? Now let's do an experiment. Can you, if you do a classic drag-ish thing, I do that. Now what happens if I do that now? Because command... Oh my God, it works. Command drag works too. Really? What is happening? This is like, this is like people who have New Yorkers having dreams about an apartment inside the closet of their apartment. <laughs> this is wild. How have I never known this? Isn't that nuts? That's really cool. Clipboard. It's a powerful thing. I'm glad they invented it. I only have, uh, well, I, I could stretch this into two more. Um, what was my other thing I was going to say? Let me tell you about someone like you. Figure that out, and I'll, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll huh. tell you about it. Huh. huh. You, you okay with that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me something you like. It's Squarespace. Oh, come on, Squarespace. You can turn your cool idea into a new website. I paste so much stuff into Squarespace every week, and I'm not sure why we're talking like this, but I kind of love it. What we've got here is failure to communicate. <laughs> and Squarespace will fix that Any for you. Any man don't put his spoon back, spends a night in the box. <laughs> Ain't no man can eat 50 eggs. <laughs> it's worth okay, a rewatch. Okay, now I gotta go watch Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it recently, it's, it's a good watch. My son loved it. It holds up. It's Cutting amazing. heads off of parking meters. Why would he do that? It's just he's drunk. He, I know, but he's, you can be drunk remember, and not do that. Remember, doesn't he have like doesn't he have like a, a can opener on a string around his neck? <laughs> yes, yes. Paul Newman was so cool. Ah, the best. There it's was one space. time when he showed up on Letterman. And oh, where are the singing cats? He was just in the audience, <laughs> and yes. and he stands up and he does a little it's, point it's at you. Kind of the first the night. Gun. It was the first night in the in the Ed Sullivan. That's Theater. what it was, right? Yeah, I, I remember. And the only the only downside of this is that he doesn't commit to the bit. He does break up and appreciates the applause. But you could tell he's so, he says, "Where the hell are the singing cats?" What year? What year would that have been? Because I want to. I want to. There it is. Nineteen ninety three. First episode. Found it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. 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 Okay. This is going in the show notes. If y'all haven't seen this. You've got oh, to, yeah. you've got to do this. Now there's one that's the you whole. You have to finish this. You have to finish this ad spot, but I have another Letterman thing I found this week that fits into our format. Oh, there he is. Right. This is, this is going to be the cover. Look at him. Look at him just standing Look up. Look at him. Ah. Oh. I just bought some of his salad dressing yesterday. Love that guy. Ah, oh, he's so good. Okay. That's going to be our cover art. I'll figure out a way. 
Okay, Squarespace. So you could do so much with Squarespace. You can promote your physical or online business. You can announce an event or a special project you're doing. Or since it's like COVID, no one can leave. You can share all of your like thoughts and your, you know, I know people who are getting married and they're like having to get married like alone and like out in a field, but you can share it. You can do that with Squarespace. You can make a whole website and, and bring people into it. Analytics are built in you, to help you, you grow. Go by uh, out in a field dot marriage if that exists. Yeah, because they have over two hundred uh, domain, domain name extensions you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, everything yep. they've got built in e commerce. They've got beautiful templates that are made by world class designers. You don't have to worry about upgrading your software or patching it or security issues. They take care of it. They've got twenty four seven customer support. I mean, you can upload stuff if you make a YouTube video. You just like paste the URL and it understands it. It knows how to embed it. It's like everything is built in and they've really thought of just everything. And, uh, and so, you know, this is their thing. If you, if you will it, it is no dream. They can have that. Mm-hmm. Hertzel. They can go to, uh, to squarespace.com slash it's your show. If our listeners were to just visit that URL, that would show solidarity and support for the show to Squarespace. But while you're there, sign up or get a domain. You don't have to, you know, you can get a domain without a website or you can get both. It's up well, to you. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. But when you do it, use the code. It's your show. It's all one word with no spaces and you will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So the URL squarespace.com slash it's your show promo code. It's your show. It's 10% off first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks very much to Squarespace for making the show possible. Thank you, Squarespace. Buck, buck. I um I sometimes have occasion to call somebody a funny name, um you know uh, like to hurt Ranger. their feelings really bad or yep nope nope but sometimes I just you know in the same way that I've tried to get away from you guys and I struggle to find something that's as good as you guys but you know ungendered sometimes I just want to say hey thanks chief and uh, I, I think I did that with Hattie recently I do that I say hey thanks thanks chief and every time I do that I think of the same bit. Uh, apparently it's a bit from, in this case, June 26, 2001. Please stop calling me chief. <laughs> <laughs> so the conceit, I love this stuff so much. Uh, the conceit is Letterman introduces this new bit called Please Stop Calling Me Chief. And the idea is, in this case, at Ripper G's Deli, there's this kid and Letterman's going to interview him. And every time he talks to the kid, he calls him chief. Ah, what are you doing there, chief? Having a good day, chief? And the, <laughs> if the kid... <laughs> says please stop calling me chief within 60 seconds uh he gets a gets a prize oh nice i love david letterman my god um i wish it was easier to get his old shows i'd I'd pay money for those or you know what i I don't know if i'd buy every episode of every you know that's a lot of episodes but you know apart from there are people like don giller who are doing god's work on uh, youtube pulling up Don has an extensive library of Letterman stuff. I'll put his channel in notes. Boy, I really recommend Don Giller. But there's times where I just, I would love to be able to find like a fairly official version of this, you know? Um, let's do a couple more things. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, I, this is really more a comment than a question. As part of my uh, Omnibus project to try and learn more, to, more about the audio that constitutes my seeming career, learning lots of things and doing lots of audio hijack doing experimenting and failing and experimenting and failing and sometimes succeeding but this would be the week that i learned about luffs and i'm still learning about luffs but this is new to me and i think it's pronounced laughs loofs that might be a good topic for you because uh loudness and normalization is 
a strange, there's some very good articles about this, but they're a little opaque. How, how can you make your volume, how do you basically not turn it into, turn your podcast into like a Nickelback song? You don't want that thing where it fills up every single bit of the spectrum, but you want to have a way for it to sound good. And LUFS stands for what? Loudness. Um, uh, I think it's loudness. Uh, I forget what it's called. Loudness LUFS. Unit, you, units now, relative wanna... to full scale. Say it again. La loudness units relative to full scale. Ugh. Very interesting stuff. Look, and I did look, a bunch of experiments. Lufs. Lufs. I did a bunch of experiments um, in Descript where I would, I tried. So in the past, I've always just done normalization of peak, which seems like some real monkey stuff when you learn about Lufs. But then I experimented with, okay, let's try everything at minus 24. Let's try the tracks at minus 24, but then export at minus 16, which makes a lot of sense. And I got a really nice sounding thing out of it. Like that means there's a lot of headroom with the files the individual tracks, but then when you, as my understanding is that the reason that sounds good and it's pleasing is that it, um, is that it is the negative 16 means it's going to be a larger luffs overall, a larger loudness, but it's still not going to be like super crunchy. Marco talked about this, I think on ATP this week recently, mm -hmm. talking about the different kinds of, uh, like, you know, videos, uh, music podcasts, people have different thoughts about like what the love should be. Do, you, do luffs play a role in your life? I mean, no, I never even think about that. I know what it is. I know the, the basics of it, but no, it's not a thing that I, um, that I ever really think about. And, and I, I actually, I mean, like, you know, like, I'm not going to say that it's not important for people to know about. I mean, it has to do with ba the basics, I guess, of understanding but you, loudness. Like, like, but overcast, if you have the... Um, whatever that's called, the, the, uh, voice enhancer or whatever it's called. Yeah. He talked about that on ATP and I think he's, I forget what the number is he's doing, but that's one solution. But if you go and listen to a naked podcast in the wild, like the, the different levels can be pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. and I mean, like, I know that like, always... like they are, don't they, isn't it minus six? Didn't you say minus 16? Minus loves? 16, I think yeah. is pretty standard. So Descript, the, you know what? I'll put this in, I'll leave a note for now to put this in notes, but um, I'll add uh, some links for this. I don't, I don't find it super easy to understand. It's sort of like when you talk about Star Wars and you're trying to figure out when something happens and then they, they keep using BBY or whatever, like the time before Yavin. And it's like, that's not helping me. Right. Like, wait, when was Amidala born? And why is that a negative? It's like you're dealing in BCs and it's like, ugh. But that the volume's like that. And that's one reason I find it so confusing. It's, you like, know, it's a I, lot of numbers. I will, I will learn a little bit more about the best way to explain bluffs. And also I should mention LKFS, but I will, I will do a video on this. Well, you don't have to do a whole video. But I'm going to do a whole your, video. Your, your show, but I'm just making a suggestion whole here. Whole video. Mixing and mastering using LUFs. But it's, I think the way people should think of it is av average loudness is the way I was always explained to me. But yeah, I mean, like if you go into like one little ham fisted thing I will do sometimes is if something seems very low, I'll go into fission and just say normalize. Mm -hmm. And I don't know which normalization he's using. I imagine it's peak, but I don't know. But everything gets louder. But if you don't do that with some sensibility, you don't have much... So everybody knows that phrase by now, right? The loudness wars, how over time in mastering CDs in particular, so much dynamic range was lost. And like every, they basically uh, compressed or normalized it in such a way that like 
it, it looks like a black rectangle. Right. Everything is so, it's the loudest it can be without clipping. You do not want clipping when you master a CD. That's super important. You want a limiter on there. But we now have the technology on our laptop to very easily push that all the way up to where there's not really much dynamic range at all. And it's, it's kind of unsatisfying. Because the thing is, all of the things being equal, if you give people two tracks, the thing that is, you can most ensure will make somebody pick this track as sounding better than that track is just, it is louder. Right. I mean, this is, this, it, again, it is known. This is the kind of thing where there have been tests over the years, like, can you notice the difference between this and that? And then if you control for, well, how often, let me give you a little bit of a little test one. Like this one, the only difference is, is that this one is 5% louder. And people go, oh, yeah, that one definitely sounds better. So, but the problem is, like, if you're uh, ready to tuck in and enjoy some Steely Dan, you're going to want some room. You're going to want to hear that Purdy shuffle, but not, mm-hmm. not too loud. You know what I'm saying? You want to hear Rick, Rick Morata's uh, hi-hat and whatnot. You know, that yes, Purdy, that Purdy shuffle thing, I got really into that. Oh, you did it. You went hired the best. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't realize Fool in the Rain is the Purdy shuffle. It's absolutely the Purdy Shuffle. I didn't the know that. Sh- the Purdy Shuffle is a buffet of drum. It's like, it's uh, got, as, as he explains in that wonderful video where he plays the Purdy Shuffle one way or another, the entire video. Yes. Without missing, literally missing a beat. He shows how you can do fours and threes and twos and like all these different bits are built into. So think of, um, if anybody off the dome, Babylon Sisters by Steely Dan, I think is the one yeah. probably best known for the Purdy Shuffle. Yes. And he, they didn't want him to do it, but he did it. He said, I'll, I'll do it. I won't call it the pretty shuffle, but yeah, yeah. He, he, isn't he amazing? He's so, so entertaining. Good. I love him. Let me, let me find that too. Boy, I'm giving myself a lot of homework here. Pretty shuffle. Um, God, I, you know what? Wasn't Mr. Burns says I should really stop ending the tour here. <laughs> my, my last one is really boring, but I'm glad I finally took the time to learn this. Uh, so I use Time Machine as one of my belt and suspenders level of backup. Mm-hmm. And I have, uh, I've, if historically I've had Time Machine on an, an external, uh, like a Thunderbolt drive. I've had it on lots of things. I still have it on this ancient Apple router that I use here at the office. Mm-hmm. I set it up. Um, finally, you know, there's a way to do it on Synology that works pretty well. But I, I found it confusing... I'm increasingly trying to do this thing where if there's something that I just really literally don't need anymore, like in my Bluetooth menu, do I really need to have items still in there that I haven't owned for five years? <laughs> right. And, and didn't that's, even use. That's hoarding. Just get get rid of all of that stuff. Now, you have to be careful about this. But like, what, do I want all of the potential sources of time machine backups I've used in the past, including drives that don't exist anymore? Well, I'm trying to clean that up because backup's not backup unless you know what you're backing up and where it is. That's critical. Just throwing things somewhere is not helpful. Right. Um, Because then you end up with 300 copies of this one photo and then like unknown number of copies of this other photo. And where the hell is it? I think I might have known this, but now I I really know, know this, which is you can have more than one time machine backup destination running at the same time. You can have two, you can have more. And if you... If you add extra destinations, so basically I've got one on my Synology where it goes to a certain IP address, not just the finder because that breaks kind of. Turn it off SMB, leave it on AFP. And with AFP, it goes to a certain uh, IP address and knows what to do with the backup. That's really cool. But I also wanted to repurpose a disused old external drive. I have this eight terabyte drive I'm not using for anything. And I just reformatted that to be an encrypted time machine backup. Mm -hmm. 
And did you know this, that it'll just alternate backups? As it does backups, it'll alternate between the devices that you've identified? No, I didn't know that either. So, I mean, just, okay, so let me help, help you, let me paint a picture. So, um, when, when I back, oh, I should also mention, I, ha- I love an app called Time Machine Editor that is still great. And Time Machine Editor gives you some more control over how often, or under what conditions, uh, Time Machine will do a backup. You can say certain times a day, don't do it at all. Other times, like, you know, do it when the resources are available. But, you know, you don't want your Synology grinding while you're trying to do a podcast. No. But, but so, so like, let's say for the sake of argument, okay, at 7 a.m., um, the, the backup to Synology is happening. It does this many gigs of, you know, updates. The next time that an update happens, that will go to that external, uh, that eight terabyte drive that I have attached that's encrypted. And I just, I think that's, I think that is so cool. I, I, I must have known this before, but I feel a little bit better knowing that that is there. Now, here's the other trick I didn't know about which is that in the Time Machine uh, logo up in your menu bar, if you option click on it, you see browse other backup disks. So normally when you say enter Time Machine, and I miss the star field, but when you say enter Time time Machine, you don't have an option to say which one of those backups you want it to pull from. But for for the sake of argument, if there's one of those that goes way, 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 way far back and the other one not, well, this gives you the ability to choose which one of those uh, it's going to pull from. Did you know? I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did not know any of this. Well, that wasn't as bad as I thought, but I still, I should really stop ending the tour here. <laughs> uh, not Birdie Shuffle, Apple. Birdie Shuffle. It's a Birdie Shuffle. And if you go on Spotify, there is a, a couple people who have made playlists of the Birdie Shuffle with a lot of songs listed in there. Most oh, of man. them are, are songs that he actually played on. However, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of examples, if you search YouTube and other places, of other drummers who have played that way. And I actually found, hold on, let me see if I can find this. Uh, yeah, Isolated Drums, Fool in the Rain. Okay, so here's a video. Now, for whatever reason, the video starts out and has, I guess it's like a, it's like an in-studio recording of John Bonham playing Fool in the Rain. It's the Isolated mm-hmm. Drum track, but... There's like cursing in the top of it. So if you have your kids around, you know, be careful. Um, but mm. not, not, it's not not safe for little drummers. No, but uh, it's it's I just and I tweeted about this. I to me, when I would listen to a Led Zeppelin song, for me, it was always about Jimmy Page's guitar playing. That's what that's what drew me to it. That's what I was listening. And that one to. does have a great guitar part on it. It does. But I realize now that like. Just how yeah. amazing. There's no Led Zeppelin without that drum sound. John Bonham was, oh my gosh, he's so good. And his sound is so big. He's so powerful, but so subtle in yeah, some ways. Yeah, like, he was great. Yeah, abs- absolutely amazing. Um, Yeah. Boy, that's, uh, wait, so he died in 1980, right? I mean, that sounds right. Dan, that's 40 years ago. I mean, to you. Yeah. That's what you oh, think. Fixed point in time. Yeah. <sighs> from oh, your from here. your standpoint, it was forty years ago. Oh, I see. You know. It's a it's a simple relativity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's button this up. <laughs> All right. Okay. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Merlin Man. Yeah.